favorite sermon of the last 19 years. And many of you know about this message. Some of you, this will probably be the second time. And if you've ever traveled with me any place, uh, the choir or the band or uh, also the uh, shotgun, this might be even your third time hearing it. But God put this upon my heart a couple of weeks ago, and then he confirmed it last week. Because if really there was ever a ser sermon that I, I believe you need to hear and really digest and get under your heart, get under your belt, uh, however big that belt might be, uh, is this one. This is one sermon that I really believe. As a matter of fact, I think this is the only sermon I've ever even memorized. I don't really need notes. I have a little bit, you know, stuff there, but I don't even need notes for this one. This is the only sermon I've ever memorized I don't really need notes on. And so... Uh, uh, but I want to bring it out at this time. Of course, it's 19 years, my favorite sermon. I want to bring that out because of this. But also, I really believe we need to hear this. Really, we need to uh, get this and, 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 you know, ingrain this in our hearts and, and then live it out. Live it out. Teamwork. Do you have Colossians chapter 4? Beginning in verse 7. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. And he, they had all kinds of adjectives to describe this young man. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances, that he may encourage your hearts. Uh, I believe they use the word hearts there because this guy knew uh, the heart of his coach, of his pastor. This morning, the leaders had, men's leaders had a meeting. I met with our leaders on Friday night, and I conveyed to them a number of stuff that was upon my heart. Then I just asked them, listen, express, and I used that word express purpose, express my heart to them. And I believe this man would, knew how to express the heart of, of, of his pastor. Tychicus did. Okay, let's go on. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother. Call them almost the same thing who is one of you, he was a homeboy. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner Aristarchus, I believe he was Greek, sends you his greetings as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Okay, because the guy had messed up before. Uh, so they write the parentheses. You see how it is in parentheses there? Welcome him. Don't shine him on. Uh, anybody ever messed up before? Uh, well, in parentheses, don't act like if the you know don't don't be careful with the guy. Don't 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 look down on him, because the best fall, but the best get up. Uh, so Paul saying, hey, come on, be Christian. Verse eleven, Jesus, who is called <coughs> Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. And they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those of at Laodicea and Heropolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Father, I pray that we would be able to glean once again from your word, the sermon that I believe is my favorite. Lord, I place myself wholly and totally in your hands. Allow me to be able to express my heart 
especially your word, and to convey to these precious people at this point and juncture in our Christian life, individually and also especially corporately, that, Lord, we would work as a team to come against the, the gates and the pits of hell, to rescue people, Lord Jesus, and to become the church, viable church that you want us to be, beginning in our community. We can't shake the world if we can't shake Hayward. But to be able to shake the world and shake in our own community, shake up our own lives if need be here today, challenge us. If we need to repent, so be it. We bless you and praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody together said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The theme of my sermon, of course, the title is The Dream Team. God gave me this title when I spoke this sermon many, many years ago. Uh, I preached it here once, and then I also I preached it at a men's discipleship, I remember, in, in San Jose. So that's why I know some of you might be hearing it even for the third time, and especially if those have traveled with me. But again, this is a very, very important sermon, and it has to do with teamwork, the dream team. The USA has a team that they're going to be sending to basketball every year, not during the Olympics, because now professionals can be in the Olympics, and they call themselves the dream team. And I mean, you know, it was hard to beat even the amateurs in basketball, let alone now the pro professionals. And, uh, you know, I believe even the last dream team, uh, Magic Johnson, who was stricken with AIDS, he played again. Uh, he wanted to be a part of that. And so, uh, but God has a dream team as well. And Paul is the coach here. Okay. He's the coach. And uh, uh, we have the lineup there. And what I have chosen to do in this sermon is I, I, I analogize this entire sermon with baseball. My son was talking about baseball. Uh, I could have been somebody. I could have played. I think I could have done some stuff over here. Uh, and, and I wish I would have had an opportunity, but I'm, I thank God that I didn't because uh, I'd rather be a preacher. Uh, and, and I know that my son, he feels he, he was better than me. I don't think so. And he probably thinks he could have been somebody, but uh, in hindsight, if he's following after my steps, as he said, then he'll understand that someday it, he made the right choice uh, to be a preacher. Uh, I mean, baseball players retire after a while, and you know, but uh, 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 preachers retire, hallelujah. Uh, they get retreads, hallelujah, and they keep going on and on. Okay, so we're dealing with the dream team here uh, uh, found in Colossians chapter 4. Now, even... The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The Trinity is a team. It's a team. They're working in conjunction one with another because there's power in unity. So much can happen. If you so choose and decide, if you haven't yet, to become a participant in Victory Outreach Hayward's dream team, we're going to go a long way. We're going to do all kinds of stuff. When we're manning our battle stations together, when we're at our, our, our post and our place and our position at the right time, when they hit the ball your way, you'll be ready and we'll make a lot of outs. Uh, the devil won't even be able to get to first base. Let him try and steal second. Uh, all that stuff. Because we're, we're flowing together. And that's my goal. That's my uh, desire for, for us here as Victory Outreach Hayward. Okay? Now, you've seen before how in basketball, many years ago they didn't used to do this. They do it now. Whenever a player makes a basket... What does he do? He does all that. Uh, women, have you ever seen that? Women, I'm talking to women because women aren't too much into sports. Uh, when they go like that, hey, me and you, baby. Uh, 
what happened is John Wooden taught that principle with the UCLA Bruins many, many years ago. A friend of mine that I used to play basketball, Jamal Wilkes, because uh, I could play basketball as well, uh, he was on his team, so I would really follow the Bruins. And that's when they began, because John Wooden taught the team concept. Okay, uh, yes, they had great players. I remember way back then. I mean, they had all CIF players. They had players from all over the United uh, States. But he taught them how to play together. And what he told them was, when you make a basket, give credit where credit is due. As the Bible says, give honor where honor is due. You turn around and you, you, you tell that guy, you know, that, that, that passed you the ball, the individual that got the rebound, uh, the individual that blocked the shot. You didn't make it alone. It took... John Wooden says, 10 hands to put the ball in the hoop. How many hands does it take to put the ball in the hoop? 10 hands. Not just one, not just two, but 10. That's why they would come and they would do it and they'd go, all right, thank you, man. Huh? I like the way you picked up the offering. Yeah. Uh, wow, what a worship leader. Get down, brother. Huh? We didn't do this alone. Uh, so, you know, Years ago, also, there was a man by the name of John Wesley. He mentioned the fact that, hey, he's famous for this quote. Uh, Martin Luther's famous for, here I stand, I can do no more. But John Wesley is famous for this quote. He says, give me a hundred consecrated, separated, holy men, and I'll take the world. And he did that. Wherever you travel, the Methodist movement, of which he founded, is all over the world. Of which someday, Victory Outreach, we intend to do the very same thing. Okay, but he, his, his ministry is, is, is vast and worldwide. Wherever you go on this planet, the Methodist movement, the Wesleyan churches are right there. Because he said, give me a hundred consecrated men and I'll take the world. But there was another theologian by the name of uh, 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 Bill Cosby. He said almost a very similar thing. What he said was, give me a hundred two-year-olds and I'll take the world. Okay, and that might seem a bit odd, but it's the truth. How many of you have ever worked either the nursery or the twos and threes? Uh, right? You know what I'm talking about. I could stop the sermon right here. Uh, have you ever tried to tell a two-year-old or a three-year-old no? Johnny, don't hit Mary. And Johnny gets that swag, you know, like... You talking to me? Uh, matter of fact, that's the title of my sermon for the, for the conference. You don't know who you be talking to, man. And that's the title of my sermon for the conference. Uh, so little Johnny is like, okay. And the minute the teacher turns around, you hear a big slap. Uh, like Playboy getting slapped in his play, hallelujah. Uh, you hear a big old pass. Uh, why? Because... You can't tell a two-year-old no. You can't. You got to use reverse psychology on him. Johnny hit Mary, and he won't do it. Uh, two-year-olds can't be told no. And that's the same principle applies with us, Victory Outreach. See, the devil doesn't think we can take the world. He doesn't think we, he doesn't think we have the manpower or the knowledge or the education or the, or the willpower, the what with all. In order to take the world. Listen, I like challenges. We're birthed out of a ministry called Teen Challenge. That's our roots. Uh, and I like, I, I enjoy challenges. And the devil doesn't think we can take the world. But I got good news for him. Hallelujah. The gospel. Uh, so he better 
be ready for us. Now, look at verse 7 here. Let's, let's look at the first, the batting lineup of God's dream team. It says there, Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. And then it gives a number of adjectives and superlatives, if you will, pertaining to this individual. See, I call him Ty Cobb. Tychicus Ty Cobb. Because I believe probably Ty Cobb was probably the greatest player of all time. Willie Mays was right behind him. Roberto Clemente. Uh, we got some pretty good players now. Bonds and uh, 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 Doug Jones, you know. Uh, we got some good players today. But Ty, Ty Cobb was, 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 was cutting edge. And that's what this guy here was. Cutting edge. If you want to bat first in God's dream team. And some of you are called to bat first. See, whenever God does something, or Paul did something as well, they do it meticulously. They don't do it uh, just to do it. Uh, let's put him here, let's put him here, let's put him there. No, no, no. God does things correctly and meticulously for a reason, because he wants a good batting lineup. Uh, and if you're going to put the first guy up, he's got to be a cutting-edge kind of a guy. A guy that's going to get a whole, you know, if he needs to fall the pitch away, he'll fall it away. Uh, he couldn't hit it, but he'll fall it off. And he'll know how to fall it off, because he has a good eye. Uh, or he knows if the guy's third baseman is playing a little too far, he'll know how to bunt and lay it down. Uh, the guy that was really, really good at this was, was the guy that used to play for the Giants and he went to the Dodgers. What was his name? Brett Butler. Gosh, he was good. And Brett Butler was told he could he never play baseball because he was too slow, too small, too, 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 too. Uh, but he didn't care. He kept at it. But this guy, could, he was a good leadoff hitter. He knew how to punch the ball right over third base and get on. And then he knew how to steal. And that's a cutting-edge kind of a guy. In ministry, we need the same kind of people. You want a bat first? We need you. We need the kind of people. You know who they are? They're the ones that get up early, pray, get ready. They come over here, get things ready. And they come early. They pray again. Uh, what, what can I do? They're always, they're always around doing things. You know, what, what can I do over here, Pastor Steve? You need anything done? And then the last ones to leave. I mean, wow. Why? Because baseball is their life. Because Christianity is their life. Jesus is their life. And listen, there's no better life than Christianity. Uh, I mean, wow. I mean, there's purpose in this life. There, there's, I mean, there's reasons for getting up in the morning. Because you're going to go hit the devil upside the head. Uh, and then when you get to heaven, like I said before, all this and heaven too. Uh, so this guy was, was a cutting edge kind of a guy. And then the Bible says there that he knew all about Paul. Uh, but he backed his play. He didn't play behind his back. I like that one. Uh, what did he do? He backed his play. He didn't play behind his back. In other words, he was a trustworthy guy. I mentioned that he was faithful. He could depend on him. He was loyal. Paul didn't have to worry about this guy. Uh, and in ministry, believe me, that's the kind of people we need. Uh, it's very serious, the coach, the pastor. That we don't, I don't have to worry about your loyalty, your faithfulness, your, you know, your, your commitment and all that. You know, I know that you're going to be there. Uh, these are the kind of guys that we need on, on, to bat first to in God's dream team. This guy was a very loyal kind of an individual, cutting-edge kind of a guy. Uh, he knew all about Paul. And my wife just told you right now, we're the same, by and large, here as we are at home. We don't like to put up fronts. So what that means is you're going to see some stuff coming out of Pastor Steve's life that some people might not, especially if you're, if you have a hidden agenda, especially if you have a, a, a you know, a, maybe odd against me or something. Hey, I want to give you plenty of material to talk about me. Like Philip LaCruz says, you want to talk about me? Get in line. Pick a number. But he's an evangelist. I have to be more discreet. 
Because uh, Philip, you know, what do they say? They, they, they come in, they pop up, they pop out, and they pop, whatever, uh, evangelists. But we have to be here. Uh, we can't afford to pop, pop, pop all the time. Uh, we got to use some wisdom. Uh, but you're going to know things about us because we're, we're a lot. But again, that's why my son said he decided to accept Christ. Because he knew our testimony was not just you know, here on church, but at home as, as well. But sometimes, listen, people have been with me. And my wife will tell me, lower your voice. Because if I get mad at my wife at home like this, I get mad at my wife like this in, 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 in public sometimes too. And some people are, was that Pastor Steve? Did he, he raise his voice to his wife? Well, sometimes I, I yeah, sometimes. Not a lot. But sometimes I just, woman, submit. He goes, oh, listen, don't get blown out of the box. He, they knew all about Paul. Uh, but they didn't play behind his back. They backed his play. Batting second in God's dream team. So you could cut in edge kind of a guy. was Onesimus. Look at their verse 9. He is coming with Onesimus, talking about Tychicus. These guys hung out together. Our faithful and dear brother who is one of you. They will tell you everything that's happening here. In other words, they knew everything about Paul too. Both of them knew everything about Paul. Uh, but yet they were still with him. That's loyalty. That's faithfulness. When you're going to bat second, okay, the first guy has to what? Get on base. He's got to make things happen. That's the kind of people we need. You want to bat first, you've got to make things happen. Are you that kind of an individual? The second guy has to learn how to sacrifice. And some, my son was telling you about sacrifice. That's what they call it. In baseball, you got to be able to make contact with the ball. Velarde here for the ace. He bats second because he knows how to make contact. It's important you put the ball in play. You can hit it to the right side of the field in order to advance the runner. You got to be able to bunt, sacrifice. That's what they call a bunt. They call it a sacrifice. And sometimes, you know, you might not be able to, to do as much as you could on your own statistics, your own agenda. Ah, you can try your best. But your job is to get that runner ahead. Your job is to get, get that thing. So you're going to make some outs. And it's going to be on your record right there. You're not going to have as good of a batting average. But it doesn't matter to the coach. He sees, he sees your heart. They express my heart, Paul says. Uh, in other words, sometimes you might be behind the scenes. You might not be, but you're advancing the team. We might not see you, but God does. God's high-fiving you. Uh, God's looking at you going like this. You sacrificed. Because in batting second, you're going to have to sacrifice. They have signals that the third base coach gives. You ever seen that, ladies? Uh, these guys aren't just messing around. They're not doing the funky chicken or whatever. I don't know when new dances, so I, you know. But they're, they're, they're giving signs to either bunt or to hit away or hit and run or all that stuff. The second base player got to be smart. He's got to be watching his third base coach. Ah, and if he tells them to bunt, the signal, I used to play baseball. And, the, you know, my coach would tell me all these things that we do. He said, when I cross my belt line, then the next sign that I do, that's the one that I want you to, 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 to do. Which would be, you know, maybe if you cross the belt line, then that was bunt. Okay. Now, nowadays, it takes a long time for your coach to cross his belt line. But I'll get there. Then sometimes I might say, you know, come on, it's time to sacrifice. Matter of fact, I wanted to come to the meeting for the men today to let them know that we're, we're in a sacrificial mode right now, people. 
You may not know it, or might, but the leaders need to know. We're in a sacrificial mode. It's time to sacrifice right now. Because we need to knock down these walls. God has commissioned us three weeks ago. I preached a sermon that I believe was of the Lord. We got to knock down these walls. We don't got to wait like the Israelites did. It's time to do it now. Let's do it now. Let's not be afraid of the giants. Let's go in and get it, because it can be done. Matter of fact, we're going to bring that out after the service here, right? Uh, how much funds have come in. So you got to be able to sacrifice. They knew everything about Paul. And listen to me. When it comes to hanging around with your pastors, and, you know, I heard somebody say, well, I want to get to know my pastor. Fine, great. But are you ready to handle it? A lot of times the guys from the home, they, they, they trip out on me probably. They have to. Uh, I act like if they're not, and they act like if they're not. But we both know we are. Uh, but I, I, don't, I can't get that close to them right away here because they're spirits that follow pastors. And now I'm an elder. There's more spirits. Like they say in Spanish, con más ganas, hombre. Huh? There's more now. You try to hang around Pastor Sonny. I've seen so many men wanting to hang around Pastor Sonny that have fallen. Fallen. Because they got next to Pastor Sonny and said, man, is that, look at this. I thought he was like that, but he's, he's not all that. See, they weren't ready to handle the spirits. And the spirits begin to lie to them and say, yeah, that's true. Look at, look at, look, check that out. Look at, look at that. Uh, and that's what happens when you hang around people uh, that have titles, so to speak. Because the enemy's putting spirits right there. Are you ready to handle the spirits? And it's very biblical. David downed a bear uh, when he was a teenager. Then he downed a lion a couple of years later. Then he downed Goliath a couple of years after that. But his biggest battle was with the spirits that followed Saul. That was his biggest battle. There was, there was in increments as far as the, the, the battles. But the, his biggest fights were with spirits. Can you handle the spirits hanging around my wife and I with the leadership? Uh, Tychicus and Onesimus were able to do that. Batting third, let's move quickly here. Uh, are you going to be able to handle the spirits? Then you got to be spiritual. You got to be prayed up. You got you to come ready. Because if you can't, you're gonna, you might not make it. Batting third in God's dream team is Aristarchus. Verse 10. Do you have your Bible? Look at 410 of Colossians. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends his greetings. Aristarchus was a fellow prisoner. Okay? In other words, when they would get locked up during that time, Paul was, I mean, this guy had to be pretty bad. Because Paul was at the, at the bottom, at the bottom of, of the dungeon. They built Caesar's palace. Caesar lived in the, the, the top house. Okay? He lived in the penthouse. He was, he was Caesar. Hail Caesar. And the very bottom of the palace was the dungeon, was the, the jail, the prison. And the very lowest bunk had to be the lowest prisoner. So there's where Paul was at. But he had a fellow prisoner. And what they would do in those days is they would, they would, they would shackle the two prisoners together. That's what it says, fellow prisoner. I'm shackled with this guy. Both of us. We got it. Where he goes, I go. We got to go together. So they, had to, they always had to go together. So can you imagine being shackled with the apostle Paul? Can you imagine being shackled to Billy Graham? Take that for instance. Uh, I mean, you'd have to go everywhere with Billy Graham. Uh, everywhere. And you'd have to hear his sermons. So now, now, Aristarchus was not there for being a choir boy. Paul was, but not Aristarchus. The guy was a mean motor scooter. All kinds of tattoos, big brocha, <laughs> blue socks, uh, acted bad. You know, hanging out in prison in the joint there with his homies. And then they'd tell him, Aristarchus, hey man, we're going to meet at the lower compound today and we're going we're to, you know, have some pruno. 
We're going to have some chanate. We're going to have some zuzus and wham-whams. It's going to be bad, bro. We're going to play Bones, Big Six, uh, Malia, uh, Pinochle. We're going to get down. It's going to be bad, Holmes. So you meet me there today at 6.30. All right, Holmes, yeah. And then Paul said, hey, did I hear you right? He says, no, 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 no. I have to leave the prayer meeting today at 7 o'clock. We're not going to go down there and have that pruno and all that stuff. You're not going to be, you know, forget about all that crackers and ritz and, and honey and, and, and cheese and all that stuff. We're going to go cut it up for the Lord. I'm giving the Bible study. You've got to go with me. You can go after the service and go get some of the stuff from the youth. We'll eat there. After the Bible study, then you have uh, your ritz and crackers and churros and um, all the proceeds go towards the uh, Connolly Brothers, hallelujah, on the 23rd, right? Uh, but you'd have to go to the Bible study. Sooner or later, you, you think you're going to get saved? It happened to you. My husband's in the home. I got to come. Oh, my God. Where do I, the only way I can see him is if I go to hear a sermon, to go to the service. Man, they're, they're crazy, man. How's, how, man, they're making me come to church so I can see my, my, my son, my, my brother, my husband. Yeah, because we're not going to babysit. We're not babysitters. Yeah, that's what you got to go through. Sooner or later, you're going to get saved. Ah, that's what's going to happen. It happened to Cynthia, right, Louis? Right. Hallelujah. Ah. <laughs> Sooner or later, you're going to get it. Can you imagine hanging around Pastor Sonny? Let me tell you something. Just go to the conference. You're going to get it. I mean, sooner or later, you're going to catch a vision of our ministry. And this ministry is international. We're not just Hayward. Yes, we've got to shake Hayward in order to shake the world, but we belong to a big ministry. And the vision of our ministry is so precious, so pure, straight from the heart of God. Listen to sermons like this. Sooner or later, you're going to get it because you're shackled to a madman. <laughs> Madly in love with the law. Madly in love with our vision. Ain't nothing wrong with being mad at this time. Uh, I'd be mad if you wouldn't. Batting forth is Mark, also in verse 10. Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, you have, re you have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. In other words, love him. As a church, we have to have love with flesh on it. We have to be a loving church. What can we do with that? We catch guys like Mark McGuire. This is what I call him Mark McGuire because he was batting forth. Mark McGuire bats forth. He's not going to play in the All-Star game because he's hurt. But he'd be the cleanup hitter. He's the Babe Ruth of our era. But this guy, Mark, was the Babe Ruth of his era. But what had happened is he had been involved in the first missionary journey with the Apostle Paul. And what had happened? He messed up. He dummied up on Paul. He didn't want to go to the, to the mountains. He wanted to stay down in the valley when they were evangelizing. But he didn't want to go up to the mountains where there was no running water. There was no Hilton Inn. There was no Holiday Inn. Uh, there was a little work. There was hardly anybody up there. He wanted to go to the big rallies, the big crusades, hanging around with Nicky Cruz. He didn't want to go up there, you know, with, hitting the streets up in the, the, with just a few people. He wanted the limelight. So the Bible says he'd messed up. Barnabas had left with him. Uh, but thank God that God is a God of a second chance. He's a God of a 490th chance per day. That's what the Bible says. How many of you have failed God? In the last hour, still, uh, this guy had failed miserably, but he got back up. What did I say earlier? The best fall 
but the best get up. See, that's why Paul says when he's dying, when he's going on to be with the Lord, he says, separate me, Mark, because he's profitable for me for the ministry. This guy got back up. I can use him because there's so many people that fall. It's said about the, the apostle Peter that what they had going to his house, once Jesus died, but he left the Holy Spirit, they said there was a big, big uh, 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 trail leading to Peter's house because they didn't have phones in those days. Are you with me? And what they would do is a lot of people went to Peter's house for counsel and for encouragement. Why? Because Peter fell. Peter had been a failure. And God can use people like that, uh, that have been down before but have gotten back up. Because so many people fall and fail daily. And when you get back up, they're going to want your counsel. How did you do it? How did you make it? Man, you know, help me. Uh, so you can be used in God's dream team, even if you've fallen. Then the next batter is Jesus' justice, my favorite character found in verse 11. Jesus, who is called what? Also says, now this is my favorite character because, because this guy was what you might call, I'll just be open and honest, I'm going to be, he was a nerd. <laughs> just read me through the lines, I'll show you how. See, back in those days, whenever a Jewish woman had a baby, they named him after what they hoped for. So they called him Jesus because the, Jesus hadn't come yet, see, during, those, during that time. He could have been the anointed one, which means anointed one. He could be the Messiah. Just like in this day and age, whenever you have a baby, he could be the president of the United States. As long as he doesn't inhale. There's a possibility. So you can name him Bill. Or you can name him whatever, you know. Look, he could be the next president. Well, back in those days, the mothers would have babies. Like, Look at how nice. He could be the Messiah. Let's name him Jesus. There's hope he might be the Messiah. They didn't know if the Messiah had come yet. <coughs> but it says there, Jesus who is called what? And who, I, I can imagine who said that. He said that about himself. So he says, don't call me Jesus. I'm a little nerdy. Uh, he probably, you know, you know those kind of people. Let's go the whole gamut here. All right? I happen to have part of the gamut. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hi. Can I join the choir? Oh, you fellas. I can sing. See, God wants you to be a part of his dream team, irregardless of, of you know. See, you know, the reason I like this guy is because he didn't have an identity crisis. He didn't try to be. It would have been hard for him to learn to walk like that, you know. Especially with his pants real high. He said, forget about it, I'm just going to be myself. That's what the gospel tells us. You don't have to be who, somebody you're not. Just be who you are, and you can still bat fifth in God's dream team. Don't try and get a conjure up a big testimony. Oh, I, I used to hang around with uh, Nikki Cruz and Art Blahos and, and, and Sonny Arcazzoni and, you know, all that. No, 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 no. Just be who you are. There's plenty of place for you in God's dream team. We need those kind of people. Uh, I mean, that, that's what I like about this guy. He, he, he didn't try to, 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 you know, put up a front. You, you shouldn't either. Just be who you are and watch how God will use you. Batting. Six is Epaphras. 
Look at right there in verse 12. Epaphras, who was one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus sends greetings. He's always what? Resident in prayer. Prayer warriors. We need prayer warriors here. Thank God for Lupin and Ministry House. It's thriving. They have a lot of women that come on Tuesday, but some of the men are starting to come up. Thank God. We have prayer Wednesdays at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. Last Friday, there was only two ministers, myself and another guy, and, and just the two homes for prayer. Hijo. Uh, we're not going to win too many. You know, devil's going to get the first base, second base, and third base like that. And he's going to steal home. So for me and Manuel, they're waiting for him. But if it wouldn't have been for me and Manuel, he might have stolen home. Uh, and okay, the home too. Uh, but you, we, we, prayer. But I've said it before. Sometimes the farthest place is not from here to the moon. It's from here to there. Right? Man, that's too far. I can't go. No, no, it's too far. Too big of a price to pay. What would Jesus do? I've taught before. Jesus did all of his fighting on his knees. Everything else was popcorn. Even he'd come against demons. What he would tell him? Go. Come out of him. He was powerful. But where did he get his power on his knees? That's where he did his wrestling. He was always wrestling for you in the spirit and prayer. When you wrestle in the spirit, everything else is a piece of cake. It should be. Jesus would heal people as a piece of cake, popcorn, like nothing. But it wasn't like nothing, but he had the power. That's how we can do it too. We're not going to be able to knock down these walls without prayer. We're not going to be able to everything, but if we do, it'll be popcorn. It will. It'll be a piece of cake. Uh, and right now we really need to pray because we're in the interim period of 15 days. This community can come against us right now and say, no, don't, don't let them expand because there's going to be too many people. All kinds of stuff can happen. But if we're in prayer, then things will be all right. Uh, so we need prayer warriors. Some of you, that's your call. Get in there. Learn more about prayer. Buy books on prayer. Read books on Study about prayer. Put sermons together on prayer. You might end up preaching this Friday. Hallelujah. Uh, batting seventh. We're moving quickly here. Batting seventh is Luke. Also found in the same verse. No, here he is in verse 14. Our dear, brother, our dear friend Luke, the doctor, he also sends greeting. See, Luke was a big-time player to me because he didn't care what they put him in the lineup. In studying the life of Luke, Luke could have batted first because he was a cutting-edge kind of a guy. He could have batted anywhere in the lineup. But Paul puts them right near the end because he, he wasn't a complainer. He wasn't a whiner. He wasn't a griper. Though he was very talented, but he said, it's okay. Put me where you need me today, coach. As long as I can contribute, it's no problem. See, he was a doctor. He was a very learned individual. And I've said it before, it doesn't matter who does the job. As long as the job gets done. How come Keith got to lead in prayer this morning? Uh, why is he ushering? How come he? How come her? How come? It doesn't matter who does the job. As long as the job gets done, team. We're a team here. It's not a one-man show. It's not a gunner. That can't get you that far. But we're all working together. See, Luke, Luke was a physician. He understood the needs of people. He understood the needs of Paul. Matter of fact, when Paul's getting ready to die, Bible says only Luke is with me. Luke was loyal. He was faithful till the very end. He was part of his team. He didn't abandon the apostle Paul when he needed him the most. Which brings me to my last character, Demas. See right there? Demas, the Bible says in 2 Timothy, has what? Forsaken me, having loved this present world. I mentioned that Luke stayed with Paul even unto death, until the very end. Only Luke is with me. But then he says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. 
The word forsaken means left me hanging at the time I needed him the most in the Greek. In the Greek, forsaken means left me hanging at the time I needed him the most. Remember Jesus on the cross? What did he tell the Father? My Father, my Father, why hast thou? Same Greek word. Why hast thou left me hanging on the tree? Why did you leave me hanging on the cross? The time I needed you the most. But there was a reason why Jesus left, I mean God left Jesus hanging. But there was no reason for Demas to leave Paul hanging. And a lot of you, especially the leaders too, well, we need you the most, you leave us hanging. Where's brother so-and-so? I don't know, but you're hanging. Hmm, he left you hanging. And if there's ever been a time that we needed you the most, it's right now. We, we, we can't be, we, we don't need forsaken saints. Uh, we really need you guys right now because of the, the things that are happening right now. Uh, See, unity is so very powerful, and it's so very important as well. And we need teamwork. Together means to gather. And we got to gather together. See, the principle of unity is so powerful. The Bible says that if only two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. That's how powerful the principle of unity is. Even if two or three are gathered, God can do so much. But, my friend, the opposite is also true. A house divided cannot stand. Not at all. See, Satan came into the very first household. Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. He divided them up. Why? Because even Satan understands the strategy and the importance and the power of, of, of unity. And he has to divide. Divide and conquer. You don't think he's going to try and divide Victor Albert Chamber's spiritual household? Yes, he will. He's going to try and divide us up. Because he understands the power of unity. I pray that you understand the power of unity. And we all come together and put out the fire together. That's unity. We all man our positions. Whatever they might be. Uh, it's a time to gather together. So very vital. So very important. And I pray that, again, I've expressed a bit of my heart here today. My physical being is not all that what it should be. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to convey to you, express, like Paul says, express what we, where we're at right now. Because you, you, you play a vital part in this ministry. We need you. God needs you. You are important. Whether if you're a Tychicus or if you're a Luke. Uh, Demases, wow. Evidently, we're going to get him. Jesus had his Demas by the name of who? Judas. Even, even Jesus had his, his, his people that forsook him. So that's, that's going to happen. So when people leave the church, don't get all bent out of shape. Ah! We're going to pot. No, we're not. We've been here 18 years, 19 years. Uh, we're, we're going places. We're not going to pot. We're going to, to where God's called us to go to. Uh, but, but hey, that, that'll happen. Well, I don't know about that church. It's okay then. I've always said, listen, I don't talk about other churches. You know why? Because when you leave here, I don't, I don't want you to have no, no, no kind of a stigma against anybody else. Because if you don't fit here, hopefully you'll fit there and I'll see you in heaven. That's my main goal. I want to see you in heaven. But this church is going places. And we got a line up here. And you can play a vital part in it. Don't be like Demas, left, leave us hanging at the time we needed you the most. Because we need you big time right now. The Ezra Fund. Huh? I mean, we're talking about knocking down walls. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about a great opportunity for this church to expand, not just physically, 
but internationally. We're already known worldwide. People come from all over here. Dick Mills, oh my God, he's a worldwide evangelist. He called us to come here. <coughs> but can you imagine <clears throat> by expanding our, 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 you know, our, our boundaries here, our borders here, more people are going to want to come. And you'll be able to be ministered to by the, some of the best. And that's what God has called us to do. But I pray that you be, want to be a part of the team. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. It's a dream team. <coughs> so every head is bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God, moving in ministry. I want to pray for those of you that were challenged. This, I took my time in this sermon. I didn't get all jumpy up and down like I love to do. But I believe my words, God's word went out. I want to pray for those of you that say, Brother Steve, I've been challenged and I, I haven't been doing my part like I, I know that I should. If that's you, I'm simply going to ask you quickly to stand to your feet right there where you're at. I want to say a prayer for you. So every head is bowed, every eye closed, Spirit of God, moving to ministry. We're going places, but we need you. We need you. I need you. We can't do it alone. Together, together, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, Holy, they're a team. They work together in conjunction one with another. There's power there. Where two or three are gathered, but a house divided. Demas. We don't want to do that. Anybody else? There we hit us about it. Everybody close, Spirit of God, moving to ministry. You say, Brother Steve, I, I need to fulfill my.